Welcome to the Smith and Steward podcast. I'm Mrs. Smith, but you can call me Ellie, and my mission is to strengthen fellow homemakers as we faithfully steward our homes and the souls inside them. Here, we'll seek inspiration for everyday moments and answers to your questions about all things homemaking, including interior decorating, gardening, cooking and baking, tidying up, and much more. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Let's get started. Hello, homemakers. It is wonderful to be back with you today. I don't know how things are in your world, and I hope it's all going well. But over here in the Smith household, things are getting a little hectic. I felt really overwhelmed lately by my to-do list just day in and day out, just trying to catch up and stay afloat and keep my priorities in place. It's been really busy, but when I get the chance to sit here and record this podcast and think about all the amazing women that might be listening, I feel like I can just take a breath and just be. So I say all that not to complain about my busy schedule, but to thank you for being here. If things are crazy in your life right now too, I get it. I sympathize with you. And I hope that these few minutes of my little homemaking podcast can give you a breath of fresh air in the same way that I'm feeling refreshed right now as I sit down to record. So with that, pour yourself a cup of tea or coffee, take a load off, sit down and just relax. Let's get into today's topic. This week, we're talking about all things green and growing. That might seem a little weird right now, and if you're listening later on, I'm recording this in late October of 2022, so looking outside my window right now, my grass is getting a little brown, the trees on the hills are turning orange, and it's safe to say that planting season to begin a garden has long since passed, but we're not talking about gardening for today. We're talking about it for the spring. There's actually a beautiful Audrey Hepburn quote that this makes me think of. She said, to plant a garden is to believe in tomorrow. And that's so true. It takes so much hard work and time and resources to grow a garden, whether you're growing flowers or vegetables or even fruit trees, it doesn't matter. The reason I wanted to talk about this subject is because I'm currently working on making garden plants for this spring. So as you might know from previous episodes, my husband and I bought our first house this summer. It was almost June by the time we moved in, so we didn't do anything this spring, but we're getting to this coming spring. We've been having dreams of a big old vegetable garden for a long time, and now we get to work on making that be a reality. But before we really start talking about those garden plans, I want to set the stage a little bit. I know most of these practical episodes here on the Smith & Stewart podcast have had lots of different tips and how-tos, and all the while I have tried to remind you that I'm very much still learning and I'm not an expert in those things that we've talked about previously. But when I say I'm not an expert today, y'all, I really mean I'm not an expert. My thumb is anything but green. I don't have practical experience planting a garden, let alone planting one, save for we did do a container garden for two springs uh, when I lived in an apartment, so a little bit there, but not much. I've honestly killed more plants than I've kept. Uh, I don't do indoor plants, really. I have zero flowers outside of my house right now. Not even mums that I bought at Lowe's or anything. There's there's nothing. Um, but I'm extremely interested in gardening. 
and I've been doing a lot of research to figure out how to get started. And I'll be leaving a lot of those resources that I have found in the show notes for y'all to reference as well if you would like. But I just wanted to make that really clear that I'm in the learning stages here. So for that reason, today's episode is going to be a little bit less of a how-to and more of a what I'm doing and why I'm excited. So let's jump in. Why do I want to start a garden in the first place? Well, to clarify, I'm wanting to plant a vegetable garden. My husband and I have had this goal of having a kitchen garden for a few years now, always knowing that the biggest realization of that dream would come when we had our own house. But we did, like I mentioned, work toward it even when we lived in our apartment. And the reason that we want to have a kitchen garden is sort of multifaceted. There's lots of reasons for it, really. First, we're working really hard to move toward a more self-sufficient and sustainable lifestyle. We want to be more independent, having to rely less on things like the grocery store for just certain stuff, because as we've all experienced recently, supply chain issues and increasing prices are both real, um, and having a garden can kind of curb that a little bit. Second, we want to know what's going into our bodies, especially if we want to try to start a family anytime soon. And growing your own food obviously offers probably the best way to know exactly what's in your food. And it's also super rewarding. I think that's definitely the third thing. We both love being outdoors and feeling connected to nature, seeing the fruit of our hard work. And gardening gives us those opportunities. For us, it also helps us feel more connected to some family members and some close friends who also love to garden. For example, my husband's grandmother has the greenest thumb of anyone I've ever met. It might have something to do with her growing up in the Pacific Islands, or it might just be because she has a love for it. I don't know, but she can seriously get any plant to thrive. I've seen her take a plant that I thought was dead. Someone had literally thrown it out on the side of the road and she has brought it back and now it's in her garden and she gave me a cutting of it. (laughs) Like, It's amazing. She was really excited when we told her that we were going to start a garden. She actually gave us this 600 page gardening encyclopedia that I've been reading through a little bit just as a way to help us out. This also has to do with family, although future family because we don't have kids yet, but Lord willing, one day we will. And when we do, we'll want to introduce them to gardening, probably at a very young age, just as an educational thing to kind of teach our kids about how the world works and about nature. And um, we really both love being outside. My husband more so than me. I swear he could live in the woods and just be like Jeremiah Johnson or somebody, but um, we both want to be outside and, and that gives us an opportunity to spend more time out there and feel more connected with nature. And that actually reminds me of another beautiful quote that I love about gardening. This one is from Alfred Austin, and he said, the glory of gardening, hands in the dirt, head in the sun, heart with nature. To nurture a garden is to feed not just the body, but the soul. I think those words really capture my heart toward gardening well. I want to feed my body, sure, which is why I've chosen to focus our garden on vegetable production more than just beautiful flowers, but I think connecting to nature will also refresh my soul. I'm sure there will be several of you listening who have that bug and you totally get it without hearing all that, but maybe some of you will be like I was a few years ago. You've never had much interest in taking care of plants, and hopefully some of this, the quotes, the reason that I'm excited about this project, etc., 
will get you interested in your own garden, no matter how small. So we've established that we're doing a vegetable garden and some of the reasons why, but what's the point in doing planning now so far before spring? Do you really need to plan in order to plant a garden? And the short answer to that is no, you don't need to plan, but I have learned that it should save me a lot of headache and time and heartache to plan things out beforehand so that when things don't work well, which inevitably something probably will, I'll have this original plan to reference back to and to learn from. Basically, we can avoid some mistakes by laying out the plan ahead of time, and then we can learn from the mistakes that we do make a lot easier because we'll have the plan laid out of exactly what we did. That way, next year, we can try something different from that plan and hope for a better result. I haven't drafted my full garden plan for next year, but I've figured out how I'm going to go about doing so, and that's what I want to walk through with you next. It's five different sections for me to think through and work on, and I'm going to talk about it as if you're going to do it too, so hopefully you will join me. First things first, we need to decide what we want to plant. So take a look at your pantry, your freezer, your past grocery receipts and meal plans. If you're doing a vegetable garden like me and food production is your primary goal, then you need to know which plants you want in your garden and how many of them you might need based on how much you eat. So if you eat tons of tomatoes and tomato-based products and you want to try making your own salsas, pasta sauce, etc., to last you throughout the whole year, then look at how much of those things you typically eat in a week or a month and multiply that out for the year. Some of the things at the top of my planting list are tomatoes, all kinds of peppers. My husband loves his spicy food, so we have to have those in there. Herbs like basil. I really want to try making my own pesto. Um, Some broccoli, which is my all-time favorite veggie. And some garlic, of course. There's other things on the list too, but I definitely want to start with something realistic and a little more simple for our first year of having a larger size garden. When our second year rolls around, I'll be able to look back at what we actually produce compared to the number of plants that we put in the ground, and then I can add or subtract that number of plants as we plant for next year, depending how much we had extra or how much we lacked and wanted more of a certain produce. The second thing on the list is we have to decide how we want to plant. If you've never done much gardening before, you might not have thought about how many options there are for this. You could do containers, raised beds, so directly in ground, in a greenhouse, even hydroponics, which don't worry, we're not going to get into that. It's way too advanced for me. But there's pros and cons to all of these, and certain ones might work better for your lifestyle or your location. In our apartment for the past two years, our only option was really the container garden because the only land we had outside of our four walls was a small patch of concrete patio. It was probably, I'm trying to determine the size comparison, and I think I would say no larger than like a queen-sized bed was the amount of patio space that we had. And on that, we managed to grow two tomato plants, five or six different pepper plants, a host of different herbs, including some lavender and even some strawberries, although the rabbits always got to the strawberries before we did. Containers might be a great place for you to start if you've never done gardening before. And we might even use some containers in our backyard garden this year to supplement all the other beds that we'll do. If you're going to do a container garden, then I definitely would recommend before you buy any containers, research about the type of materials that those containers are. Different containers, whether it's like wood or metal or the color that it is, will have um, different heat and different 
uh, drainage and all kinds of things like that. So you want to know that maybe if you live in a really hot area like I do, really sunny, you might not want to do a metal container because it would probably get really, really hot and fry your plant's roots compared to something like wood, which is more insulated. And um, obviously there's terracotta and all kinds of other ones. There's a bunch of research you can do. That's just one tip that I have if you're going to do container gardens. Here at our house now, where we don't have to only do container gardens, we do have more options, but a greenhouse is out, both for financial reasons, they're usually really expensive to build, and because of our HOA, unfortunately. So with that, we have two main choices left, which is either building raised beds or sowing directly into the soil. And I believe my husband and I have opted to do raised beds, since you can kind of just put some good soil in instead of having to treat whatever soil you might have in your backyard already. Plus, we won't have to till any of the grass up, which might not be great to do whenever we go to resell the property one day. The third thing to think about is we have to know our location. So three main things that are really important factors, not the only factors, but really big ones when it comes to growing anything are your soil, your temperature, and your sunlight. And you can change your soil, whether it's buying some to put into a container or a raised bed, or the many different ways that you can adjust your soil by adding compost or fertilizer and a bunch of other things. But your sunlight and your temperature are pretty much outside of your control. There are several websites and applications like SunCalc that will help you learn how much sunlight you get on the exact map of your property, or you could just observe it over the seasons yourself. But it is important for you to know what areas get lots of shade and lots of sun before you plant, especially if you're not doing container gardening. Obviously, if you can have a container if it's light enough you can move it if it doesn't get enough sun or if it's getting too much sun but if you have a raised bed your plant bed likely won't be movable after it's built so you'll need to put it in a place where the plants that you're putting in there are going to get the right amount of sunlight for them certain ones need a lot of sun some need less and it's important too to keep in mind the trees the fences and even taller plants that will grow to a certain height one day that might get in the way and shade your other plants. As far as temperature goes, that will determine your growing season, which is basically the dates between the final frost of early spring and the first frost of autumn. Your growing time will obviously focus on the warmer months between there, not the frosted cold winter months. And many of your plant seasons will be even smaller than that a lot of times. But your frost dates, those are going to determine how long your growing season can usually be. So for example, I have a longer time that I can grow things here in the south than my parents do up in Michigan. If you want to learn more about your growing season, as well as what plants do well in your area at different times of the year, you'll want to find your plant hardiness zone. This is basically a number that's associated with how close your location is to the pole, whether it be the north or the south pole, or to the equator. So I'm located in zone 8A, and I would love to know what zone you're in. I think it would be really fun to kind of see where my different listeners are located, whether it's just a specific place or you just share your hardiness zone with me. It doesn't matter. If you would like to share that, just send me a message over on Instagram. That's linked in the show notes. So you can tell me about your garden plans too. If we're both in zone H, then you and I might have a lot of the same plants in our garden this coming spring, which would be really cool. But if you're in a totally different zone and 
really even if you're in the same zone as me, I would still suggest this. I recommend talking with local gardeners for tips specific to your region. There are Facebook groups you can join and a bunch of other ways that you can connect with and learn from fellow gardeners. I think gardening is something you can only get better at from experience, so definitely lean into learning from those who've been doing it a long time, especially if they're in your area. Under the same umbrella of knowing your location is making a plan of when we need to plant our garden. Now, personally, I've made a little schedule on a blank monthly calendar about the different dates that they suggest for when varieties need to be either started as a seed indoors or sown directly into the soil as a seed or started outside as a little sprout that's already starting to grow. I might stick to sowing starts in our garden this year since I'm newer, and that would probably mean buying little pepper plants and tomato plants that are already started at the hardware store or something like that, which is what we did with our container garden. But I would like in the future to learn how to save seeds or buy seeds and start them inside a few months early too. Fourth, we need to think about how we're going to water the garden. We talked earlier about sunlight and temperature and soil being really important. Well, obviously water is way up there too. You can't exactly have a growing garden without it being watered. So I think it's important to make your irrigation plan part of your planning regimen of what you're going to think about. And that could be as simple as I'm going to use my hose or I'm going to use this watering can that I bought for $3. It doesn't have to be fancy, but if you want to go a little more advanced, by doing this planning part now early before you have plants in the ground, you have the flexibility to do something a little more complicated like an irrigation system that might be easier to set up before the plants are kind of in the way. One thing that I'm considering for my personal quote-unquote irrigation system is I think I want to use one of those oscillating sprinklers and just kind of put that down between the beds or maybe raise it if they're raised beds so that it's even with the soil level. And I'll still have some planning to do to figure that out. I don't know exactly what that will look like. That might be saved for a later year and just start out with the hose and everything for this year. Um, but yeah, lots of that to think about. Finally, the fifth thing, and this one is less to think about and more to actually do, is we need to write it down. So I plan to make a little map of my backyard garden. I think I'm going to put dimensions of all of our garden beds and how big we're going to build them. I also want to make plans for where our bird bath and pathways will eventually go. I don't know if that'll be this year, but we really do want to put beautiful things like maybe a bench below our weeping willow. Um, just to make the garden a place that's really beautiful to spend time in, not just to work in. And I think the map will help those plans, but it'll also help with knowing where I planted certain things. Also to figure out what needs to be put where based on sunlight, etc. And I also plan to label the plants directly in the dirt somehow. There's all sorts of ideas how to do this. I haven't really looked into them much yet. I think it's super helpful, especially when you're picking something. But even if those markers get moved, then I'll have my handy dandy map to refer back to. It's also important to write down exactly what kind of seeds you buy, or if you buy a start, what variety you got and where from. That way, if something about that plant doesn't work in your hardiness zone or in your soil, you can try a different one next year and write down how many you plant to so that you can look back on how much that yields for you and adjust next year's plan based on whether that was too much broccoli or not enough. And that's it. 
but maybe you're less of a planner and more of a doer. And so you might be thinking, well, what can I actually put into practice and start working on in late fall or winter to get my garden ready for the spring? And there are lots of things you could do, some of which I will have to be working on very soon, like building my raised garden beds. So maybe you're doing that, raised garden beds or even a greenhouse. Get to building. It's a lot easier to do, at least here in the South, when the weather isn't so hot and unbearable like it is in the summer. And no matter where you live, there's probably less going on in the garden. So you might have more time to do things too. You can do some soil prep, planting a cover crop if you already have existing beds. Uh, you can throw organic material on the soil in the fall and kind of let it sit in the winter and then in the spring till it up again. Um, you might want to test your soil's pH levels. I know very little about this, but I know you can do it. <laughs> There's different plants that need different levels of acidity. And so you can adjust those levels. It just takes time. Um, you can also start a compost pile if you want to. And I would recommend doing some research on that as well. But things like leaves and grass clippings and food scraps, as long as they don't have meat or fat in them, are usually really good for something like that. Um, and compost can enrich your soil's nutrient levels. So maybe making a plan for starting a compost pile and continually adding to that or um, implementing it into your soil is something that you can put into place now. Remember, when spring comes, follow your plan that you've laid out and be sure to be in your garden often to check on its progress and keep up with things. There are so many other aspects to gardening that I have yet to learn about, and I'm sure I'll be talking more about lots of them here on the Smith & Steward podcast in the future, and I hope you'll join me for that. Good luck on your gardens, everyone. I'm really excited to see what you grow. Now it is time for Steward Sparkers, the part of the show where I share recipes, books, influencers, products, whatever it is that has sparked inspiration for me as a homemaker this week. This week's steward sparker is a woman named Melissa K. Norris. I first stumbled across her website when I was looking for how to make a sourdough starter months ago, and I learned so much from her on how to do that, but it didn't stop at bread making. In preparation for this episode specifically, and also just generally for my own spring garden, I've been doing a lot of research, much of which consisted of listening to her content on her podcast, which is called Pioneering Today. And they're on her blog, and I believe in the new magazine of which she's now editor. Um, I can't remember the name of that, but I will definitely link it in the show notes because she's been talking about it on her podcast. Um, all those places she shares educational content about all things homesteading from gardening and cooking from scratch to preserving food and so much more. Um, she and her family live on, I think, almost 15 acres, and they have lots of livestock and produce and all kinds of different things. And learning from her has been super, super helpful for me. I like to listen to all of the practical tips that she has on her podcast as I go throughout my day. And that wealth of knowledge is honestly dwarfed by the immense amount of information that she has on her blog. There, she has all sorts of additional tips beyond what she goes through in her podcast. And through there, I actually found one of her resources that I'm really excited to get and to use, which is her family garden planner. 
it's like less than 20 bucks or something, at least in some places that I found online. And I believe it corresponds to one of her books about gardening to feed your family. So if you're interested like me in learning how to be self-sufficient in your food life, then I highly recommend looking into Melissa. She's someone that I trust I will be learning from for years to come. with that, friends, it's time to close today's episode. Thank you for joining me for this chapter of the Smith & Steward podcast. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which has the largest listener base, or on your favorite podcatcher app. If there was a resource we discussed today that you'd like to learn more about, check out the show notes in the details section of this episode. And until next time, keep up with us by following us on Instagram at Smith & Steward. See you soon. Thank you.